0: Thank you for listening to this recent message from The Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about The Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. Once again, it is so good to have you here. In just a little while, we're going to get a chance to celebrate communion. So if you are joining us online, I want to invite you to get your juice, get your crackers, and you can celebrate communion with us where you're at. So just a, that was just a quick heads up for those of you online. For the rest of us and for even those of you online, I want to ask a question to start. I want to ask how many of you have watched or read the news this week? if you did, what were some stories that you saw in the news? What were some stories you read about in the news? Now, as you think about that, I saw a number of them. I've tried to limit my news intake because it can be so depressing. But here's something that I did see. There was a tornado, a terrible tornado or or series of tornadoes that caused terrible devastation. It was so sad and then out of this story came other stories of loss of life loss of property but but there was also stories of heroism in there I want to make sure that I I call that out as well Uh, locally there was a crazy storm that came through Wednesday night I mean could you believe that storm we had thunder we had lightning we had rain we had wind we had sleet the wind was insane it was crazy it was so windy Anyway, another story that's been out this week, and it seems like it's an ongoing, never-ending story, and that's the story of COVID and how it's spreading, and there's more information about that and a new variant and how that new variant's happening and working and infecting people. And then there was talk about the budget and finances for the U.S. government. Those are just four of the stories that I heard about. And as I think of those stories and as I think of more stories that I heard this week, it's a lot of not-so-fun and tragic happenings. Definitely not the type of things that we really would want to celebrate as we go through life. Now today we're going to get a break from the negativity and we're going to look at what an angel told some shepherds, which was actually good news. That's right, we're going to to cover good news today. There is such a thing as good news. So over the next 20 minutes or so, let's take some time to recognize and reflect on that good news. Now as we've been doing these past couple of weeks, we're going to look at the Christmas story from the book of Luke. Uh, we're only going to look at a couple of verses today. We're actually going to look at Luke chapter two, verses 10 and 11. Uh, and so let's get started. Let's just read through those verses. They should be on your screen, I believe. It says this. It says, "But the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord." Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for this opportunity right now to come to you, to look at your word, to reflect on what happened some 2,000 years ago when your son Jesus came to earth as a gift from you to us. God, I pray that you would speak today, that it would not be Sam's words, but that it would be your words, and that only what you would want communicated would be what was heard. Holy Spirit, work in our lives that we would be convicted where we need conviction, that we would be encouraged when we need encouragement. Just meet us where we're at today, we pray, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, we look at the two verses that we read just a moment ago, and we're going to see that there's four things that we can know about the gospel. Now, there's probably more, but I'm only going to call out four. Uh, The first is that the gospel originates from God. The gospel originates from God. Verse 10 starts out, but the angels said to them. Now, one of the things that is, is unique to us as followers of Jesus is that we get our teaching, our good news, we get it directly from God Himself. Now, if I was to ask you where the teachings of Mormonism come from, does anyone know? Where does the teaching of Mormonism come from? If you said Joseph Smith, you are correct. How about this? Do you know who founded Buddhism? Okay, so this name, I don't, I can't pronounce it real well because I'm not exactly sure what it's supposed to be. But but it's a man by the name of Siddhartha Gautama, I think. I maybe slaughtered his name, and if so, I'm so sorry. Uh, I truly am sorry. I didn't mean to do that. But it, it is said that, that he was actually seeking religion. He was seeking religion in one One night during a time of of meditation, these answers came to him. And as you may know, the, the teachings of Islam are mainly based on the teaching of Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad. But are you seeing the similarities of these other religions? They're based on something a human, someone fully human, shared with their followers. Now, when we look at the gospel, we see something different. We see angels, messengers of God, telling people about the gospel. Not only do we see this communicated in Luke 2, where we're looking at today with this communication to the shepherds, we also saw it a couple weeks back when we learned that Mary had heard from the angel Gabriel that she would give birth to Jesus. God himself sent a message through his angels, through his majestic messengers, to us. Christianity and the gospel is different than other teachings because it comes to us directly from God himself. Directly from God himself. A second thing that we see about the gospel is that it is good. The gospel is good. Now let's look back at the text and look at part of verse 10. It reads this. It says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Please don't miss this. The gospel is good. It's not about rules of do's and rules of don'ts. It's something which is supposed to make you... It isn't something that's supposed to make you feel worthless. Not at all. The idea of the gospel isn't that that you need to get your mess figured out so that you can somehow see God's love. That wouldn't be good at all. That would be outright depressing if I had to fix it in order to find God's favor. And the angel told these shepherds not to be afraid. This is the same thing Gabriel told to Mary. I'm telling you, we have angels, mighty, majestic, heavenly warriors, showing up and telling us, do not be afraid. Now, do they have any idea what they're saying when they're telling these shepherds not to be afraid? I mean, that's a, that's a huge ask. How many of us have approached someone telling the good news of Jesus by trying to scare people into realizing they need a relationship with him? How many of us have tried scaring someone into a relationship with Jesus? The truth is, I know I have. I know I have talked about the horrors of hell, which, which are definitely real, but I've shared them because of fear. Fear of something bad can be a really good motivator to try and find something better. And as I prepared for this week's message, I couldn't help but wonder if these times I use fear wouldn't have been better served with presenting it in a different way. After all, the angel says, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy. Do we believe the gospel is good? Do we believe that Jesus is good? Do we believe that God is good? Because if so, we would be better suited telling people that they don't need to be afraid because there is a good God who desires to bring hope and joy into their lives. After all, isn't that what a lot of people are looking for today? People want to experience joy. We don't want to feel the weight of never living up to expectations. We want the joy that comes with having a loving God who cares about us and the details of our lives. We want a joy that comes from knowing God is a loving parent who wants what is best for us. People want to experience true joy. And as long as we're telling about sharing the goodness of God with with other people, you should know that's what this angel is doing when we look at the Greek for bringing good news, it is actually saying that the angel is evangelizing. this angel was was being evangelistic in telling the good news the the church today in the church today, Christian community today, we talk about being evangelistic. and when we do, we're talking about going and telling people about Jesus. Don't miss that this is this is also a focus on the good of who Jesus is. That's what we're doing. We're trying to tell people to focus on the good of who Jesus is. I'm not saying that we shouldn't tell people about hell or the consequences of sin. I'm saying that those things shouldn't be the main focus in evangelism. Jesus should be the main focus in evangelism. Maybe evangelism would be easier for more of us if we focused on the good news part of the message. And as we focus on the good news part of the message maybe people would be more willing to listen. That brings us actually to the next point. It actually piggybacks on this last point, but we don't want to skip over it. It's that the gospel is good news. Not only is it good, it's good news. This isn't to be was confused with this previous point where we said the gospel is good. The emphasis is actually on the news part of this statement. Let me try and get a little bit clearer, because I may have muddied the water a little bit. Let me get a little clearer in what I'm saying. I'm saying the gospel is good news and not simply good advice. Now, these seem very similar, possibly. Let me, let me try and highlight a difference. According to Oxford languages, news is noteworthy information about important events. Noteworthy information about important events, but advice is a recommendation offered by someone to someone else. Are you seeing the difference? News is supposed to be factual information. We can argue or debate on whether what comes out of the, the news media today is factual or or not, but news is supposed to be factual. By nature, news is factual. And when opinion is added, it becomes editorial. We can probably all agree that much of what we see in the media today has some bias or opinion on it, and depending on your political beliefs, you may argue which news media outlet is more factual and which one is less factual, which one's more biased or less biased, but you get the idea. Advice is different than news. Advice is someone telling someone else what they should do based on that person's knowledge and understanding. Advice is fallible and advice can be wrong. The gospel, the good news, is not an editorial. It's not an opinion. It's not advice based on someone else's opinion. The gospel is factual. The gospel is good news. And lastly, the last of my four points the gospel is for everyone. When we research the Greek, we see that this is actually what is meant by the words used. The gospel is for everyone. When we read Luke ten, uh, Luke 2, verse 10, I'm sorry, it says that, that it is for all the people. That's actually what it means. It means what it says. It's for all the people. In fact, when we look at what Dr. Luke typically writes about the people, he does it in a singular form. Normally when Luke, the author, the, the person who actually wrote pen to paper, the book of Luke, when he says the people, he's referring to to a singular form which is referring to the Jews. But this time is different. In this writing, in this verse, Luke actually says the gospel is for all the people, not just the Jews. Luke is saying that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, who is coming to save people. And he points out that it isn't as the Jews had originally believed. Originally, the Jews thought that the Messiah would come only for them. But instead of saying that the Messiah is coming for the Jews... Luke says the Messiah is coming for all people. He's coming for everyone. Now this is a really big deal. This is a big deal because if the Jews had been correct and Jesus was only coming for them, those of us who aren't Jews would not have had a way to have a relationship with Jesus. We couldn't have had a relationship with God through Jesus. But, but, the gospel is for us because as Luke points out, this is for all people. That's what the angels communicated, and that's what Luke relayed. This is for all people. And if you are in the sound of my voice, the gospel, the good news, is for you. And the people who received this message are a clear indication of the reality that the gospel is for everyone. Who did the angels bring the message to? We mentioned it earlier. That's right, the angel brought the message to the shepherds. In Judaism, shepherds were thought of not very highly. They were seen as drifters and troublemakers, not the people that you would expect an important message to be delivered to. Yet isn't that how God works? He often uses the most unlikely in the world so that he can get the glory. Look back at the king whose lineage Jesus would come from. It was a king who was likely the most successful and powerful king the children of Israel ever had. He was referred to as a man after God's heart. His name was David. And when we look back on King David's life, we see a shepherd. That's right, he was a shepherd when God notified him that he would be king. Now, it's quite likely that shepherds in David's day, this was, this was years and generations prior to Jesus' day, it's quite likely that in these day, they weren't, this day they weren't thought of quite as poorly as they were in Jesus' day. But notice that David was not only a shepherd, he was the baby of the family. Normally, things went through the oldest in the family. Normally, the oldest had the biggest blessing. Yet God chose him. The gospel is for everyone. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Feel free to just shout out the answers if you'd like. How about that person who's successful in business? Is the gospel for them? Yes. Yes, the gospel is for them. How about the person who is popular in the community? Is the gospel for them? Yes, the gospel's for them as well. How about the person who has just gone through an ugly, painful, messy, sloppy divorce? Is the gospel for them? Yes, again, the gospel is for them. How about that person who is struggling financially and maybe they've lost everything or they're about to lose everything? Is the gospel for them? Yes, the gospel's for them too. How about that person who is battling addictions? Addictions to things like sex, addictions to things like porn, or alcohol, or drugs, or food, or whatever addictions are out there, whatever there might be. How about them? Is the gospel for them? Yes, the gospel, the good news, is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. But what is the gospel, you may ask? What is this good news that you're talking about? So let's jump to verse 11. Of Luke chapter 2. It's there that we read, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Our good doesn't get us to God. In fact, we're told in Isaiah 64 6 that our good deeds are like filthy rags. We can't do enough good to get to God. The reality is we live in a world that has been cursed by sin, and sin is anything that we think, say, or do that separates us from Jehovah God a perfect and holy God. It separates us from him. These things don't have to be big things as we tend to describe them. Honestly, it's actually anything, literally anything, we think, say, or do that separates us from God. This is where the gospel comes in. It's the good news That God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to earth, which we celebrate at Christmas. He sent his son Jesus to earth for us. Did you see verse 11? It tells us that Jesus is Savior and he is Lord. He is God. Jesus is God in human form. Come to earth to live a sinless life that we cannot live only to die the painful, torturous death on the cross that we deserve to die because of our sin. But Jesus did not stay dead. Death and the grave, they couldn't contain him. He rose to life, defeating sin, death, and the grave, that we could have a relationship with God himself. That, my friends, is the good news. That, my friends, is the gospel. God desires to have a relationship with you, and he desires to have a relationship with me. This is what we are being saved to. We are being saved to have a relationship with the Lord God. This is the reason for the Christmas season. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Now, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, there is no better time than the present to start that relationship. Simply tell God that you realize that you are a sinner in need of forgiveness that is made possible because of Jesus and ask his forgiveness, and let him know you want a relationship with him. Please don't wait. The good news is that God wants a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with you, and he wants it so bad that he provided a way for that relationship to happen. And then for those of us who already have a relationship with God, We're actually going to take a minute right now, and and a couple minutes actually, and celebrate communion together. We're going to celebrate what Jesus did when he came to earth and lived the life we couldn't live, died the death we deserve to die, and rose to life conquering the grave. And as we do, I want to make everyone aware that as the rescue church, as the people who are the rescue church, we practice open communion. What this means is that the only requirement for celebrating communion with us is that you have a personal saving relationship with Jesus. If you have put your faith in Jesus for forgiveness from sin, and he is your Lord and Savior, you are invited to join us today. Now, for those of you at home, I invited you. I said, make sure you have the the elements. Make sure you have your juice and your, your crackers. What we're going to do right now, uh, we're going to pray and uh, ask God's blessing on this communion. We're going to remember him in prayer, and then we're going to celebrate communion. So Let's do that. God in heaven, we're so thankful for this good news. The good news that you came to earth to save us. And you wanted us to remember that as your followers. As Christians, you wanted us to remember it. And you told us to remember by eating this bread and drinking from this cup. And so, God, that's what we're doing today. That's what we're about to do right now in remembrance of you. So, God, please, as we're gathering now, I pray that, that we would use this time to confess to you our shortcomings and to get right with you. We'll give some silence for people to pray. Thank you, God, for what you did, sending Jesus to earth to die. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so I have a cracker here that's representing the bread. And Jesus said, take, eat in remembrance of me. And then after that Jesus had a a cup that had wine in it representing his blood that he would shed on that cross and he told it he said he told them he said drink in remembrance of me Thank you again God what you did. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for dying after living the perfect life we couldn't live. We appreciate your forgiveness and the relationship that comes as a result. Thank you for saving us to that. Thank you for that good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Church's past messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com.